0: When it rains, it pours. I saw it in the early service this morning, and I think I saw it a little bit here too. Some of you have said that before. And if you've said that before, I would guess it was probably in a situation like this where you felt like a lot of things had gone wrong in relatively short order. The details may be different, but it perhaps went something like this. Well, my car's in the shop. That's going to cost a lot of money. My child's sick and can't go to school today. And now I get a phone call and someone who is dear to me has passed away. And the frustration and the exasperation gets all summed up in... When it rains, it pours. There have been times when I was going through life just fine, but now everything's sad, difficult, challenging. But raining and pouring isn't necessarily all bad, is it? I know there are a lot of people gathered here today who have been in Tucson for a long time, and you may have noticed lately, at least, that it's been hot and dry, but the last few days, it's felt a little different. You can tell that the humidity is creeping up, and that means that monsoon season is starting to heat up. And so after months, long stretches with very little rain whatsoever, hopefully, God willing, if things go according to the pattern that they usually go, hey, the storms are coming and water is going to dump down on us. And if you've seen monsoons before, you know that is no exaggeration. I've watched them fill up the streets in no time at all. When it doesn't rain, obviously, it goes on for a long time, but when it rains, it pours. In that case, it's a good thing because we need the rain. The verses in front of us uh, as the basis for our sermon this morning were first shared with God's people in the Old Testament at a point that I guess you could call a when it rains, it pours kind of moment. They had been living in the promised land, and these words were shared specifically with the people of Judah, the the southern portion of God's kingdom. God had long warned these His people about being faithful to Him, about not running after idols, false gods, the gods of the people around them, about doing the things that he had directed them to do on a regular and faithful basis. And for almost as long, the people had not really done those things. The people had chased after the false gods had found the ways that the the Canaanites around them worshiped their gods to be very attractive and very tempting. They had drifted away from God and His Word. They had drifted away from their their careful consideration of His laws and the things that He wanted wanted them to do. And so at times God had sent some punishments or chastisements. He had, had sent some... Some challenging things, some difficulties into their lives to help direct them back to Him, to help direct them back to His Word. And in this case, through Isaiah, God was warning and God was saying that even more was coming. God was saying that. Hey, their sinful idolatry had gone too far and they were about to get what they deserved. And what was going to happen was their cities would be destroyed, their lives would be completely upended, and as a whole, the people were going to be carried off and taken into exile in the land of Babylon, which was the land of their enemies. This was a time, by Isaiah's own words, when God's judgment was going to rain on His people, and this was serious in a bad way. When it rained, it was going to pour. But the raining and pouring in this context as well is not all bad. The focus of these verses is not really on the destruction that was threatened. The things that we're focusing on in chapter 55 actually have a very positive note about what God was doing and what God was going to do for the people of Judah. He was raining His word down on them. He had done that throughout their history. He had sent prophet after prophet to speak his word, to warn them of his judgment, but to encourage them with his promises. And now he was sending Isaiah. And if you know anything about Isaiah, you've probably picked up on the fact that Isaiah sharing God's word was not a little drizzle. It was not a slight rain shower. This was God's word pouring out. They wouldn't have looked at it quite the same way that we do, but by our standards today, Isaiah's written message spans 66 whole chapters. When it rains God's Word, in this instance too, it poured, and that was a good thing for the people. You may even recall other verses, gospel gems out of the book of Isaiah and his prophecy, famous ones that we think of that remind us of the Savior that foretold him some hundreds of years later. And that's why we're looking at these verses too. Not because they would have had an effect on the people of Judah at that time, but because God is also speaking to us through them. We're looking at them because God is telling us in these words that God's word rains down on us. This is how the lesson starts. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked man abandon his way. Let an evil man abandon his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will show him mercy. Let him turn to our God because he will abundantly pardon. As God's word rains down on us, it does so to call us to repentance. These verses speak in in glaring terms, in strong terms about wickedness and about evil. And certainly the, the people of Judah had revealed their wickedness and evil, but we are just like them in that we have a sinful nature. A sinful nature that was, uh, has been with us as long as we have been in existence. And our sinful nature works hard. Our sinful nature is set, even at the time we're born, not, not toward doing the things that God wants us to do, not toward listening to His Word, but in the opposite direction. Toward doing the things that God doesn't want us to do in ignoring His Word and actually working against it actively. And that's wicked. That's evil. We were God's enemies, and to the extent now that we sin, we're turning away from Him. All the impure thoughts that we have, all the unkind words that we speak, All of our actions that serve ourselves and hurt other people, all of those things, what are they but turning away from God and His Word, not listening to the things that He says, the things that we know He would want us to do, but instead focusing on our own opinions, our own personal preferences, our own thoughts for the moment. When we do those things, we are doing evil. We are acting as wicked people. It might not seem like what the people of Judah were doing when they worshiped Baal and other false gods, but when we let anything become more important in our hearts and in our lives than the true God, we are worshiping idols. Idols of our own creation. And we put something above God in our hearts every time we sin against Him and His Word. But God calls us back from that. He says, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him when He is near. And, and maybe it doesn't seem obvious at first, but this is talking just as much about God's Word as the rest of our verses because the time that God is near, the kind when he or the time rather when he may be found is when his word is being preached and when his truth is being taught. We can't go out in the world and figure out who God is or understand what he has done for us. We wouldn't know what God is like. We wouldn't know how we stand in relation to him except that he has told us. Just think about how many wicked people are out there in the world who have no idea how wicked they are. They don't know that there's a standard, a perfect standard that God has set. They don't even know that there is a God who cares about their lives whatsoever. But for us, God has rained down His Word so that we do know this, so that we do realize this, so that we are called to repentance, to turn away from our evil and wicked ways and to turn to God. And as God's Word rains down on us, it does so to show us His ways. He says, Certainly, my plans are not your plans, and your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my plans are higher than your plans. God says these words to wicked and evil people who need to turn away from their wicked and evil ways. God's ways are better. God's ways are the thing that we should follow. God wants people to turn away from their wicked and evil ways and do what He intends for them. He wants them to realize that He is one who will show mercy and who will abundantly pardon. We wouldn't expect that. We wouldn't have thought about that. That's not how we would have expected God to treat us. And in so many ways, God means so much more than just, well, my ways are the right ways and the wicked and evil ways are somebody else's ways. He means there are so many things that we can't possibly know about the way that He controls the universe, about the way that He works things out for us, about the way that He loves us, because how could we? How could we, with our limited human understanding that's tainted by sin, really know or appreciate the ways and the works and the thoughts of the Almighty and all-powerful... All-powerful and Almighty is the same thing. All-knowing and all-present Creator of our entire universe. Of course, God is higher than we are, as high as the heavens are above the earth. Yet, He's told us something about His ways, about His mercy, about His grace. He's told us something about the way that He thinks and the things that He does. And the way that He thinks is He thinks about His love for you and for me. And what he has done is he has sent his only eternal Son to be our Savior. He sent Jesus to walk in our shoes, to live in our world, to take our place, but to do it perfectly. And he went to the cross and sacrificed his perfect and innocent life for us and for our sins to bring us salvation instead of damnation. And he rose from the dead. And he proved that we can live with him forever because our sins are forgiven. And even that's not all because what else God did is he took this amazing and wonderful news and in his word he rained it down on us. And he changed our hearts so that we would believe and trust in those things. God says that's what His Word does. That's the way that His Word works. It accomplishes God's purposes. And that's why He compares it to the rain and the snow that fall down. It is somewhat useful to realize that we can actually think of the the climate of the Holy Land In somewhat similar terms to what we experience here in Tucson a lot of the year things are dry and relatively hot but there are particular seasons when the rain comes and when the rain comes at the right times and in the right amounts then the people of that time would have been able to grow their crops And they would have had a harvest big enough to feed themselves for that season and to have seed that they could use for future planting. And they knew, they recognized that this was a gift from God, that He sent those rains and they accomplished that purpose on their behalf. And God says, my word is just like that. God says, my word when it goes out is going to do and to accomplish the things for which I send it. We've witnessed that too. God's word has come to us and our hearts and our lives so that we put our confidence in him. Maybe we've seen that with other people, how God's word has reached them and they have come to believe. And we can see it in our own lives if we stop and think about it, how God has built us up, has strengthened us through the word so that we are better prepared to battle against temptation and to show love to others. And we can see that in people around us too, how God has built them up and strengthened their faith. Now, certainly, there are times when God's Word accomplishes other purposes when it is used to reveal the depth of someone's unbelief or it is used to bring them to destruction. And and for things like that, things that challenge our way of thinking, God reminds us that he just said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But the amazing thing is God can use even the things that seem the, the worst The most challenging, the most difficult for us, things like a Babylonian captivity or things like the difficulties and challenges of our lives raining down on us so that we say when it rains, it pours. He can use those things to accomplish His good purposes. And one of His good purposes is to direct us back to His Word so that we listen even more attentively to it, so that we, that we crave it, that we desire it, that we have an appreciation of God's Word raining down on us. And if we have that appreciation, then we're going to want to rejoice in that sort of rainfall. It's true that our sinful natures don't want us to do that they still try to convince us that some church is enough. I don't really need to come, say, every week. Try to convince us that, well, extra time, like going over to Bible study or being involved in a children's Bible hour, that's probably more than I need to do, or maybe it's even a waste of my time tries to convince us that even at home where I might take the time to read my Bible, to have a devotion, to study a bit more those things that are most important, God and His Word, well, I've got so many other things that I need to fit into my schedule. If I just drop that out, that's probably the best way to handle it. That's not how we handle it when God blesses us with rain. We don't say, oh, it's too bad that the rain has come to the desert again because I liked it when things got brown and died. Let's not take that attitude about the rainfall of God's Word. I was struck recently, it was just yesterday in fact, by how eager the world is for rain right now in our context. I was watering some trees in my yard and suddenly I fit found myself watering the cactuses. And it's almost like they called out, we need water too, we're dry and brown. And and it made me think about these cactuses built for this environment, made to handle the hot and the dry Even they are just waiting eagerly for the rain to come and take care of them. That's the eagerness God wants us to have regarding His Word that rains down on us. It calls us to repentance, it turns us away from our sins, it turns us towards God and His goodness and His greatness. And it's what changes our hearts and our lives. And so we rejoice and say thanks be to God that He rains His Word down on us. Amen.